All right, welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest manga and anime news and chapters. Um, I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock? Doing great, Kevin. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Um, it's been a little while since we've recorded our last podcast. We've been on spring break a little bit, so That's right. it's good to, good to be back and working out our podcast muscles. So, And we're right on time, too, because we're going to be covering today uh, the latest epic from Tatsuki Fujimoto, Goodbye, Eri. So... It came out during this, during our spring break, and so we figured we should cover it because again, it's Fujimoto Sensei, so uh, <laughs> cover his stuff. But before we get to the manga, um, I just wanted to do some general housekeeping. Of um, as always, you could download the Manga Revolution podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Um, we would love it if you rate us, review us five stars on any of those platforms. That really help us out. And you could also catch our reviews and features that we're writing on the comic book and manga industry at comicbookrevolution.com. And you could also follow myself on Twitter at the Kevin Linus on, and on TikTok at, at nerdy Kevin and go follow us comic book revolution at CB revolution on Twitter and the manga podcast at um, the manga revolution podcast at the manga podcast on Twitter as well. Rock, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rock two K's revolution. Cool. Um, Actually, you know what, Rock, before we get into Goodbye, Ari, um, mm-hmm. since we, it's been a couple couple weeks uh, since we've uh, last chatted, how, what, how, how is the anime season or like the new, like all the new mangas that have been treating you? Is there any ones that have been standing out for you? Well, as far as anime, Kevin, it's all about one anime. You know what <laughs> I'm going to say. You know it. Spy X Family. Love, love, love. Yeah love this anime it is everything i was hoping it would be it is so well done it is absolutely fantastic i love everything about the animation is wonderful the music is wonderful the whole vibe of it is just dead on perfect this is exactly seriously kevin this is exactly what i had in my mind yeah when i was thinking about what i want to see in an anime it's it's just fantastic you know do i i oh i'm one of the few people out there probably who prefers the manga over the anime, I feel like you usually get a little bit more substance to the yeah. story in the manga. But the anime is just, it's so cool to see the highly stylized look of Spy X Family in anime form. It's such a unique look. It's so dynamic. It's just such cool, like, you know, it's mid-mod, right? It's, yeah. it's got that mid-mod vibe. It's just awesome. I love it. It's a blast. I've been really happy. The first couple episodes have been great it's just so cool to see these characters that we love so much you know moving talking and just being incredible so that that anime two thumbs up it's it's super exciting and and you know often you know when you're really excited about an anime you run that risk of it kind of disappointing you a little bit not the case with spy x family and i'm hoping i really do hope and i think you're gonna see it this should lead to uh, a bump in sales for the manga at this point one would think Oh yeah, and um, I think it does really what mo- like any good anime does is take that art style to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like the action stands out even more so than the yes. um, manga because I think we talked about it when we've reviewed Spy X Family in the past. Is that yep. the cool thing about and and those artwork is that it's very um, minimalized in terms of yep. its style. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like super detailed like you would find in maybe other manga or like comic books, but right. it's so simple and he, like he's mastered that style that. It, 
but at the same time, like the action isn't as dynamic as maybe other mangas and stuff like that. But I think the anime takes what the action we've gotten in Black's Family and like taking that that up to the next level, where like yeah. with Lo- like how badass Lloyd is and throughout the episodes, or like oh or, that really or, or that surprised me, Kevin. Or, <laughs> he he is he is more badass and dynamic in the anime than he is in the manga. Yeah, you're right. Or even like capturing like when we see Yora as the Thorn Princess the yep. first time. I love how they shadow her, or like even like yeah. the voice act. I I like that the voice actress, both in the Japanese sub and the dub, they changed uh-huh. her. <clears throat> sorry, they changed her voice. Um, yes, to, to, like almost Batman style. Yes, which is so cool. Yeah, it's so, so cool. There's like little touches like that, and yep. again, just the chemistry of the cast too is like you yes. can tell because I'm watching the dub too uh, um, as well and. I think mm-hmm. both subbed and dubbed, they're both na- nailing it in terms of the dynamics of them. And how, how can you not love, love Anya? Like, really? Like, oh, she's awesome. like so well. <laughs> she's great. Does not disappoint at all. She's, she's a so she's a she's a meme and gift generator. On oh, totally. Anime. That's all this anime is really is going to <laughs> generate endless amounts of gifts and 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 um, memes. I. Totally agree. It's it's this this anime is going to give us so many delights with future episodes. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, and what they just did the school interviews since we were shooting this uh, yeah um, podcast. So it's so it's a it's a good time. And um, the fun thing is that we know what's coming next, and it, what's coming next is just all just absolute fun and more ridiculousness from the from the family. And oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just waiting for Bond to appear. That's that's what I'm. Oh, I know. Thinking. I'm ready. Awesome. I'm, I'm ready to cry when if they do that flashback to Bond's story. Oh and yes. Then, <laughs> and yeah. I'll, I'll get ready for tears and then sweet, sweet, sweet joy when Bond and ah. Anya just interact with each other. Oh, totally. It's gonna be great. But um, all right, awesome. Is there any other like anime or like manga that you've been re- reading that you want to? I um, did call start over on the Shonen Jump app. I did hop aboard the new manga Earth Child that I know. Oh, nice. you- you and I are planning on hitting at some point in the future. It was it's it's been it's been a fun read. Um, I've stuck with it. it. I it you know I did my three three chapter sample like I do for new manga, and it gave me enough it gave me enough to come back for more. Uh, it's got some it's got some real potential. I'm interested to see where it goes. So that's that's really the new manga that I've been into uh, lately. Nice that that that's good to know. Um, yeah, for me, I think. And like you said, Spy X Family has definitely been the standout for for this season. Another one that I want to shout out is Love After World Domination. Um, I, mm-hmm. I know I meant, mentioned it as one of my favorite yeah. manga from last year. It also debuted this season, so it's out on Crunchyroll. With uh, they have dubbed for the first episode and subbed for the the other three episodes. So again, it's Power Rangers, basically uh, anime, and with the uh, <laughs> Red, Red Ranger falling in love with the uh, the main villain of the show. So it's. It's just ridiculous fun of like mixing good slice of life with Super Sentai. So if you're into like Super Sentai, like I highly recommend checking it out because it's just so much fun of like the com- just the com- they nail the comedy of that uh, of like a Super Sentai show um, look and feel. So it's very very much um, if you're into like Power Rangers, um, I highly recommend you check it out. Even if you're not an anime fan, I think it's a good just for la- like laughs. Right. Um, it's 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 on my it's I've added to my queue on Crunchyroll, yeah. so I'll be hitting it soon. Yeah, that one, and I think the other one that I, I was watching, and it's just more for like the silly comedy aspect because it's slice of life of uh, Shikamori 
um, not just a cutie. It's just a nice slice of life comedic mm-hmm. up to these two bumbling uh, high school kids that they're already a couple. So I, I like that they got the uh, relationship out of the way where they're already in a relationship. It's more of them by being nervous in their first relationship. And I was like, okay, this is nice little nice. slice of life comedy. If you're into slice of life, I actually do recommend that one. Um, it's a, they, they do, like I said, something different from most is that the the main characters are already together at, from the beginning, like the very opening minute. So, yeah. um, so if you're, if you want something different and you're into that type of um, romantic comedies, uh, I, I actually do recommend it a lot. It's probably going to be the, outside of Spy X Family, it'll probably be the standout of this season for um, that just see a, a lot, win a lot of um, awards and stuff. So nice. Right. Awesome. And now, um, now with all that out of the way, let's get into what we're all here for. It's to cover Goodbye, Aerie. So this is a, a new 200 page one shot written and drawn by Chainsaw Man creator Tatsuki. Fujimoto. Um, this is actually his second one shot. The previous one shot he did um, last year, which was Look Back, which we also covered on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is basically uh, Fujimoto before he starts really getting into Chainsaw Man 2, which has been announced already that he's working on that as well. Um, they still haven't announced the release date for Chainsaw Man 2, but he, uh, Fujimoto wanted to do these one shot mangas. Um, like I said, he did Look Back, which garnered a lot of uh, praise, especially from us uh, here. And then yeah. Um, just for comparison, um, Goodbye Airy actually um, itself on the Shonen Jump Plus website was viewed 2.2 million times in the first day, and mm. which is quite quite a lot. It's not as much as Look Back. Look Back had 2.5 million, but oh. we'll excuse the three the 300,000 uh, difference. But it's again, it's still very impressive. That's just on the yeah. website. It's not counting any of the apps or anywhere else they might have been housed. So you got to wow. think that that number is probably double that if you count the apps and. Oh, other yeah. place that it, it, it's on so it's that, uh, yeah. definitely a good sign and shows our people are very hungry for uh fujimoto uh mm-hmm. work so we're um i'm sure rock you you were like right oh, right yeah. on it when you saw when you saw it right oh yeah the the second you messaged me hey hey goodbye eerie just hit the show jump app i was like bam on it and i, <laughs> I read that whole thing right i mean literally within about five minutes of you messaging i had read the i was reading it yeah, and it's and it's interesting to see that like he's getting this chance to do these one shots that are not not your typical manga one shots yeah. because this is two hundred yep. pages, so this is very Huge. very much a volume. This is very much yeah. a, like he's allowed to write a whole volume and have it all put out at at one time instead of this could have easily been split it up into what five five six chapters. Um, right, it's insane. But that that's not what they did, and it, it's cool because just for reference, usually a manga one shot is that we see when like, especially when a first chapter is released, those are usually like about 55 pages for the first chapter. So again, Fujimoto is getting um, for his what quote unquote one shot is a full, basically a full volume of a, um, of a typical manga. So, yeah. So again, it's very cool. And um, getting right into it with goodbye area is just a story about a young boy that his name is Yuda. His mom tells him, Hey, I want you to record the final days of my life. Um, just so that way I could, even after I pass away, I, um, I, I could still continue living. Um, Yuda does this, but on, on her, um, as his mom is about to pass away, he decides he can't go into the hospital. Um, he can't bring himself to film, like, basically his mom's fi- like final moments. So he, instead of going into the hospital, he runs away, um, from, runs away without even going inside. And he decides after some time that 
you know what? I'm going to use all the footage. I'm going to create a movie and I'm going to create the movie I want to create of like my mom's final days, um, which is not received as well when he um, <laughs> premieres it at, at one of his school festivals that he shows it off. And instead of showing like the like he shows it, shows everything like it's supposed to be but it's that very ending that gets everybody's uh to panda movie where he, instead of showing him going in or what the final moments are he actually shows the the hospital exploding in typical movie style fashion with him running in the background as the explosion is going off and obviously this leaves, leaves a poor taste in everyone's mouth uh, uh, uh that watches it and then also he gets called out by his by his teacher and um so he very much has isolated himself off because everybody thinks he's he's basically a freak because of what he did for his mom's final memories of because everyone thought they were watching a documentary but they're watching something that wasn't a documentary by the end. So um, as Yuda is thinking about this, he films like he's still filming himself like kind of third third person um, and then decides you know what I'm going to end my life. He goes up to the roof of the school um, and decides to end his life. But as he's about to jump off the, the roof of the building. A girl named Ari uh, stops him, says that she actually enjoyed his movie and um, wants to actually help him prove to the others that he could he could actually do a good movie. So he she actually shows him a bunch of different good movies. They hang out for, for a while and they decide, hey, all right, let's let's film more film Ari. And as Yuda's filming Ari and doing different things like getting his dad to also play a role in, in the movie that they're filming. Um, we find out that Ari is terminally ill as well. And she wants to, the real reason why she wanted to get filmed was that um, she wanted uh, Yuta to film her, like she, he was filming his mom, but actually show the final moment. So that way she, uh, she could live on. And Yuta actually goes through with it and actually um, ends up filming Ari's entire life and going through the final moments as well. And whereas, and shows that he does the edit for that film as well after Ari passes away and shows the film as he probably should have at the beginning. And it actually gets well received at, at the festival. Um, Yuta does end up moving on with his life after, after that. He does still have all that footage of Ari and he has this feeling that, you know what, I didn't, um, I didn't do the movie I wanted to and he can't escape that his entire life. So even though he moves on with his life, he gets, some, he gets married, he has a daughter. Um, he still has this, thing that he needs to edit the movie like the way he wanted it to to be edited and unfortunately um we find out that yuda eventually gets into an accident that actually uh where his where his dad his wife and daughter were in as well and he's the only survivor from that accident um and he decides you know what um i kind of in, in, in being alone again i kind of realized what the ending wanted i wanted it to be and we go from there of uh yuda created a movie that he wanted and we see that Yuda ends up finding finding Ari again um and Ari reveals that she's actually a vampire um and and Yuda basically like they, they interact for a little while and he leaves saying goodbye to Ari after that uh because Ari supposedly is an eternal vampire that when she dies she doesn't remember her past life um and Yuta's satisfied with that, and so he decides to exit the building. And as he exits the building, the building explodes again, and that's where we leave off. Like leave off in in the the story. Rock, what did you think of this um, goodbye, Ari, in, in general? I absolutely loved it. I adored this 
one shot from beginning to end. This is this is exactly what I expect to get from Tatsuki Fujimoto. This is the quality of art and story that I've come to expect from him. What's I guess my initial reaction to it was once again yeah, he's got he has interesting characters and he can write a good story. But it is his is his ability to tell the story through artwork alone and no dialogue that continues to just blow me away. Because I am one of those readers, Kevin, as you know, reading Marvel and DC Comics, that it I'm not a fan of when you get lots of the same panel over and over again. And I think that when I don't like it, it's because it's the combination of a writer and an artist who really aren't using the art to tell a story, but really just to decompress a moment and not really add anything to depth to the story. That's not what Fujimoto does. When he delivers pages and pages of panels with no dialogue, I feel like that's what he is channeling the majority of his energy in trying to really convey a lot of story to the reader. I feel like he tries to convey more story to the reader in his panels with no dialogue than he does with the panels that have dialogue. At least that's my interpretation of his art. That's what I feel like he's really trying to connect and communicate with the reader. I kind of view Fujimoto, hear me out, Kevin, you're probably going to think I'm insane and that's okay, but I kind of compare Fujimoto as a manga with David Lynch as a director. And when David Lynch is really trying to communicate with the viewer, it's not in the scenes that have lots of dialogue. It's in the scenes that don't have dialogue. And he and just relies purely on visuals. To me, that's when Lynch is really trying to connect with the viewer and really trying to convey something of meaning to the viewer. It's in those moments. And I feel that Fujimoto is the same way. When he's really trying to be as honest and open with the reader and really trying to connect on a on a base level with the reader it's when his art is telling the story yeah and i think that's the power of, of that because i think we see that uh, um sometimes where like it's the same goes for manga as well as comic books that sometimes the mm-hmm. um the the writer slash the or the manga gets lost in i have to write a bunch of dialogue to make up kind yep. of like for the art not being as strong yep. because again they have a weekly schedule and they have sometimes they will have repeating panels and stuff like that which again is understandable mm-hmm. um and so the like the dialogue does really help um, make up for sometimes the art not looking as as stunning as it maybe would, would if they took more t- more time or ha- had more time to draw it. Yeah. Um, and I think with Fujimoto, you see here where like he has all the time, and I, I was thrown off a little bit at the beginning where I was just like, "What's going on with this grainy look to the artwork?" I was just like, "Oh, is he rushing the artwork a little bit?" But then you realize that he's doing the filter for the camera work. And yeah. I thought that was a cool reveal for the like the way he's changing his art style to um, yes. to give that filming look. So that way, you know, when 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 the characters filming, a, filming a scene and where, where the characters are just interacting like normal. I thought that was really cool. Like you see that at towards the middle of the manga of when it's uh, Yuda with Ari and his dad and they're acting out this scene. And we're like, oh, his dad is being very, very serious about like he should get rid of Ari from his life and stuff like that. But then he drops that filter and then yeah. they go back to just being like normal people. It's like, Oh, how did I do? Like, is that is like, how did I do? And then you realize, Oh, it was just a scene that they 
they were shooting shooting at that time and again it's just cool art art, art choices that you could see that like again it was the, they were dialogue heavy scenes but at the same time it's just the art telling the story as well along with the dialogue and I, you are totally right that the best manga the best comic books are when the writing and art artwork are working as complementary to each other and that does will mean that sometimes the art needs to tell the story by itself without any dialogue or the dialogue will tell the story it's just knowing when to have that shift and trusting your your artist and in this case Fujimoto is the artist um, for his own story and he trusts himself enough and he trusts his reader as well to understand hey I'm this this scene is going to be silent there's not going to be any um, anything else outside of the character reactions and I'm going to trust my re- my reader to understand to read the context clues of those those reaction shots or whatever's going on in the scene without me having to explain oh this is what the character's feeling and I think that that's very important for like a mangaka or, or like a, a, and going back to comic books comic book artists as well of trusting the reader enough to that they understand that it's not just a flip book because I think that's sometimes what gets lost is that they think that oh a comic book or a manga is a flip book so you're just flipping through you'll flip through the art no you'll pay attention to what 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 they're drawing on screen and I think that's what you get here Agreed. I also like about the art. I like how you, I'm glad you mentioned that you've got like the filtered look when, when you have the video. I also like that. And it seems it's not, it seems at random at first, but I like how every once in a while, a panel will look like the art is vibrating. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there's a weird, like, a, like the shaky, it's the shaky cam. Yeah. It, it looks it's neat and it happens just every once in a while it happens what happens you know throughout the entire story but it, and it seemingly happens at random moments where everything is vibrating and again it it's just a visual technique that kind of unsettles the reader i think it's designed to unnerve the reader and give kind of a otherworldly vibe to the story something odd to the story again go back to david lynch how he will do visuals that seem random but they're designed to unnerve you yeah and or, or cue you into something not being totally normal yeah and it doesn't because of fujimoto's chain like with chainsaw man um you do get this supernatural element to it yep. um but at the same time i also like that that explains that you got to remember that you does what a 16, 17 year old kid at this point. So of yep. course he's not going to be the best at filming. And he's also filming with his, it seems like his iPhone camera instead of an actual physical camera. So I, I do like that. The shaky cam aspect of it is what you would expect of a kid that has no background of filming until like his mom told him, Hey, I want you to film me. Um, and so I like that. He's kind of also giving you those clues of like, Oh yeah. Yuda is not that great at film filming as well. Cause he's, the, yep. he's shaking. He's not probably using a tripod. Like he should. He's actually just, like probably holding holding the phone right. with his hands like like you're like any normal person like normal person would because that yeah. um if they don't have any equipment and that's what he clearly doesn't have any equipment to yeah. film this correctly so and again he's a 16 17 year old kid at this point and i i do like that aspect of the yeah. artwork it's very cool it's it's a very good touch i like it yeah and then in general i also like that he he plays with your kind of feeling of this world at first like you it feels like an innocent story of a kid that can't cope with his mom dying yep. um and and that that's all we get at the beginning and when he's filming it you do see like man you know wasn't it was very inappropriate what he did but as the story unfolds and i didn't bring this up in during my recap and i apologize for that but um 
I did like as Yuta and Ari are interacting, you get to see more of what his mom's final days were. And it was mm-hmm. clear, like we learned that his mom was a producer, like a TV producer. And mm-hmm. she was actually reprimanding Yuta for not filming her correctly during <laughs> her final days as well. So being the ultimate TV producer, even at the end of her life. Yeah. And like even his da- dad revealing to him, hey, you know what? I I never showed you this, but I did actually film her final moments. And you actually see that his mom calls him out of like being a useless son yes. at, at the very end. And you're like, oh, man. I, I'm looking at Yuta a little bit differently because he probably didn't like maybe he didn't have the best lifestyle like life even before his mom no. terminally, got terminally ill because like it seems like his mom was a very harsh mom. Um, so I like that they're playing with your emotions of like maybe there's more reason why Yuta couldn't make get himself outside because it's his mom and he couldn't go through right. the hospital. Maybe he has like some painful memories with with his mother as well. And so while Yuta still doesn't look great for doing the explo- exploding hospital building at the end of his mother's movie. There's still like more backstory that we don't know about that we just got a little we got a little taste of here that that it could explain why Yuta did what he did at the beginning of the manga. Yeah, no, I I thought that that twist and Kevin that twist in the story came at page one twenty four out of uh, two hundred pages. Okay, so it's here well than halfway through the story when Fujimoto drops this huge plot twist on you and oh my god. For me, Kevin, it's like everything is building up from page one to 123. To me, everything's kind of building in a very gradual, linear fashion. You know, you think you understand everything. This kid has a mom who dies early and he just wants to he just wanted to honor his mom. She was a nice mom and he couldn't deal with her dying and couldn't be there to to film her death and he's trying to find his place in the world now that he doesn't have this loving mom in his life right and he's trying to find his place in the world without her because oh my gosh such a nice mom and you're building gradually to that moment and, and you're all, the, the readers on that path right yeah and you well you think it's like a cope like him exploding the, the building coping mechanism. coping mechanism and that yeah. because it was a tragic story of his mom that he loved so much right. passed away and he couldn't get bring him he felt guilty for not being able to go and say good, his final goodbyes to her. Yes. And that's what you thought the entire story was about, but yes. it's, you see more. Yes. And then you hit the page 124. It's like, eh, and everything gets spun on its head. And at this point, Kevin, the story takes a much more, it, it, it's much more of a, uh, of a, of this f- more frantic, more, uh, uh, it's even darker. It gets, it gets, it gets more. It just, it just has more of an edge and a sharpness to it as everything kind of crumbles apart and spins out of control. You're, you're looking at more of the psyche of the character. Um, It's like, there's more psychological approach to it. There's like, you see that there's more to decision and which also gets into like Aries character as well. And this of like, she was mm-hmm. a, she was the only person that was a fan of what he did with his mom, and you kind of mm-hmm. find out why because she kind of wants to be filmed that way as well. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you kind of feel like it's a story of two two people that are just friends, like that were loner loners at the at this point in the story, and that they well, just found, like two, yeah. Aries a bitch, yeah, and not very nice, and no one likes yeah. her. Yeah. So it's not only is his mom, your view of his mom has changed, but your view of Aries has changed yeah. well as well. Yeah. And you're like. Oh my God! What is going on? The, the reader is kind of reeling at this moment. Yeah, and also, 
And also, like, you know, also isn't, uh, doesn't seem like a great person either. Like, he's a weirdo. Like, he, <laughs> like he, he was a, it seems like he wasn't well liked at school even before his mom, like, no. the stuff with his mom. Like, there's a lot of clues into, like, that he yeah. was, that this movie, while it ostracized him from the rest of his class, he, he, he was already a loner to begin with. And this, yeah, is what he was already. There. He was he was he was not a like a guy that had a bunch of friends or anything oh. like that in here or if, if any because it didn't seem like we had that we had the one teacher and then the one student that asked like asked him about him and Ari, um, yeah. but outside of that like we don't really yeah. see him interact with any anybody so you do have a lot like and again to Fujimoto's credit is that it this action that that Yuta takes by doing this um, very inappropriate movie and showing it to his entire school. While it ostracized him, it wasn't the thing that made him into the character that he is. He was already kind of a lo- loner character. He was already kind of not. I'm not sure if it was that he wasn't liked. It was just that no one noticed him before, and yeah. you get a lot of clues of like he was just like a, a, another student in the in the school that maybe he had some a couple people he interacted with, but he never really. He went to school, then did his own thing, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, well, he's invisible. Yeah. Yeah, and this yep. made him visible in not the best way. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, yeah. And then you have Ari, who not like, yeah, she, like, like you said, she's not someone that people liked either in the school. So it's like basically two loners kind of finding them, like finding each other. And yep. you kind of get that also in look, look Back kind of was the same thing of like these two characters that were kind of loners. One of them was a little bit more popular in terms of having people that she attracted with, but it was two stories of loners and stuff like that. And you kind of get that here again, but in yep. a different, different way because these are two characters that almost feel like unlikable, only likable to each other. And they yes. bring out and they kind of almost bring it out for, for the reader so that you could see, Oh, they they do have their likable sides. Yep. Um, and that's kind of where you start feeling bad for Ari as well. And you kind of feel yep. for Ari's character a little bit by the end of her life, because mm-hmm. she kind of realizes what her, um, that, that she doesn't have the greatest legacy either. Um, so that, <laughs> yeah. so, so maybe like well, with, me- with, uh-huh. Fujimoto even has her friend point the she appears to be like Eerie's only friend even has her only friend point out after Eerie has passed away and and uh, they've seen the movie she tells Yuta hey you know even though Eerie was kind of a bitch and not very nice and blah 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 I like that you made her really nice in the movie and that's how I want to remember her so thanks so it, you know, Fujimori even kind of puts a spotlight on it at the end. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that she wanted her legacy not to be like the, maybe the, rea- the reality of her situation, maybe. Right. And, and kind of going back to his mom, too. His mom, like his mom, the w- reason why she was so harsh with him is that she wanted that perfect ending yep. to her life. Yep. And that yep. because she even says that, like at the beginning of like, hey, I want you to film me because I want my legacy to endure even after I pass away. And she wanted the perfect. Um, ending instead of the maybe what the reality of her life was of like being kind of this harsh TV producer that was harsh as a TV producer and also harsh as a parent um, and but but the film wouldn't give that opinion it would because this is the only thing that people will remember because they see this as visually yep. um, this is what the last real last memory and maybe will warp people's perception of what she really was like Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you see that with like Ari's friend of like saying, Hey, th- thanks for that. Cause now I just kind of remember the good times instead of like the times where she pissed me off. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. so again, and it, and it speaks nicely. And, but at the same time, I do like that Yuta 
at the end, he feels like even though he actually made the movie that he should have made probably with his mom. Right. He actually is not satisfied because there's something in him that's not satisfied with this because it's not he doesn't feel like it's his movie and he wants to make it his movie. What I like is you get you get basically a couple of three transitions in the second half of the story after what we thought was everything was going to a predictable endpoint. First transition is one page 124 when we find out mom's uh, you know a real bitch and by the way Aries not so great either and then at page 159 after Aries one friend is like hey I'm glad you made that movie I want to remember as a nice person we then get one two three four pages of just black panels and that's where Fujimoto again is transitioning to that that those four pages of black panels is just passage of time and what i like about it being all black is that's fujimoto telling you time has passed when we come out of these black panels he's now uh, you know yuda's now grown has a kid whatever but those four pages that period of time doesn't matter and that's why you only get black panels because that period of time doesn't matter i like that message that's very interesting and then we we're at page 164 when we come back out of the black panels. He's now adult, has a kid, and he's endlessly editing this one movie. And it just takes the story, it takes the story to another level. And this is kind of where we start to tread into Fujimoto's trademark kind of surreal, you know, magical realism style of storytelling, because we get a, a pivot again at page 175 when he, as an adult, uh, opens the door in the old building where Erie used to live and sees Erie sitting there. And so that's kind of the third unexpected plot twist, right, that propels the story toward the end. And I just like how he constructed, really, from page 124 to page 200, I just love how he constructed it. It's really compelling. It's multiple twists. And all of them are unexpected, yet make perfect sense and are very satisfying all at the same time. It, I was just so impressed how he handled the third act of, of, of the story. Yeah. And I think that that's like, it's a good thing that you called that out. Cause I think like with the, with the story, I, I honestly did feel like with what page about 153, 154, that really could have been the ending of the manga. Absolutely. Where, like, where, what, what was the image of him? Like the peace sign. Yep. That you saw, like after, right after they, he um, showed off the film, that that could have easily been the end of the manga, and we would have been, to- I would have been totally satisfied with that because it did Absolutely. feel like that. But yep. then after that, you that's where you get um, Aries' friend, um, and everything after that is just just feels like an after credit, almost after credit scene type of thing, where it's like yep. this the this is everything after afterwards, and this mm-hmm. is kind of you're getting the a- aftermath of like like you said of we get the. Aries' friend talking to him and then after that time passes and where he even talks about it. oh yeah I, to, I went to college I dropped out I, I went to go work at work I found a girl that I fell in love with and I had a daughter with her and all, all these things so he actually did end up moving on even though Aries kind of was his first love that really wasn't his first love because she turned right. him down we learned that he, he asked he did ask her out but she turned him down uh-huh. um, and so so again he, he did actually end up Becoming almost a normal person, um, right. but at the same time, he had this this urging that, man, that one thing that I did, I regret because I just went with what Ari told me to go with instead of going with my gut. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he even says that 
even though I moved on with my entire life, I did all these things that a normal person would do. I had still this urging that I want to create the perfect movie in my head that I didn't create. And so he spent the, like, while he was living a normal life, he would go home yeah. and spend time editing what 2000 over 2000 yep. hours of footage that he got of area until he created that perfect movie in his head. So um, I like that context. Cause then that gets into the ending as well as like, yeah. Um, kind of feels like almost an inception style ending that that Fujimoto yep. did of like in terms of inspiration where he reveals that area is still al- like alive, mm-hmm. um, quote unquote, and that she's actually a vampire and um to explain why she why she's still around and like kind of explain like explain the backstory of why she's she wants to um why why she approached Yuta to film her because she doesn't remember like she that di- di- every time she dies, she comes back to life after what three days, I think she said um and, right but she doesn't remember that past life so it, those memories doesn't happen so that's why she wants you know to film it so that way she could at least remember the final moments of her li- previous life and she always has that memory um and mm-hmm. and then he walks out and then the building explodes and then you're like oh wait so is this entire vampire uh twist thing that he did at the end was this again you fantasizing the perfect ending to his movie that he wanted that he never filmed um, and we don't get that because he didn't show this film to the another right. festival again. But again, it's one of those things where you're like, is he living in his head? Is this also possibly part of the car crash that he was the quote unquote also the only survivor of the car crash? Mm-hmm. And is this kind of almost a Joker style thing of is he in the afterlife and thinking about his ending? That's why the area appears because she's in that afterlife type style thing. So there's there's a lot of questions that, in terms of how Fujimoto ends it. And I like that you don't really know how, where the ending is, where, where the end is, because even those black panels, that's, I feel like the car crash too, um, yeah. as well. So like he could be in a coma or whatever, like you don't really know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I, to, again, I, to continue the theme, this ending is very Lynchian to me. Yeah. It just is how it's handled, how it's played out. Very Lynchian. I like that before Yuta enters the room and sees airy there we see young yuda signing off of the original movie he made of airy and he ends it with the words memento mori which is latin for remember you will die or remember you must die however you want to translate the latin but i think that's very important because as we get to the end you're you're like okay which is it like you said, did you know? Because remember, the whole point of the story is you're gonna die, right? That's that's the whole that's the whole point. It's memento mori, no doubt about it. So you're left wondering, okay, so is he dead at the end? Did he die in the car crash with everyone else? And now he's just in this whole final scene with Arius is is just some type of fantastical uh, scene that takes place in who you know whatever purgatory or whatever it is or or is this which is more far more to me a far more depressing and for even though it's more depressing more emotionally satisfying ending is no this guy has lived his life by the mantra of memento mori remember you will die you must die and yet he's the only person kevin who keeps living mom dies dad dies first crush or first love dies 
child dies, wife dies, that death is totally around this guy. And he's the only one who keeps surviving, which is even more bleak and more sad of that this is a cross he must bear, right? And in order for him to, you know, he's he's kind of processing this movie that he's never finished. He kind of figures, you know what? I need to make I need to make I need to make this whole ending more. I need to honor Aerie and make this whole ending more fantastical. And by giving this fantastical ending, he finally completes his lifelong mission of ending this movie in a way, in a theme that Aerie would have liked, because she wanted everything to be more fantastical, right? That's why she made up the vampire thing. That is the second interpretation. It is the one that I like the most because it is the more soul-crushing one, and that kind of goes uh, you know, in my wheelhouse, and what I expect from Fujimoto is just bleak bleak uh realism <laughs> yeah and then there, there's also the bleak realism of or bleakness of that how much when does the when does yuda start just filming the, the ending that he wants because you even have that of like him talking about how oh yeah i spent the rest of my life after after showing that the yep. film for Ari that i just spent the rest of my life recutting it and you're like Okay, was maybe the family stuff also like part of his ending that he wanted this perfect ending? Because you have that him explaining, oh yeah, I moved on with my life, and then you have the three panels of him explaining that, oh yeah, I wasn't unhappy, but I, I just did want to, um, make sure that I died a suitable ending, and then you have that black panel too that cut cuts, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then you have him in his, and then you see him again. This is the first time we see him as an adult because we right. don't see his wife, we don't see his kid. It's just him nope. as the narrator telling us all this. So you're almost wondering how reliable as a narrator he is because then you have correct you have the fantastical elements of the vampire stuff at the end as well so you're like oh man so when does he turn it on to be the actor maybe this is part of the script also that he had because back in the earlier time mm-hmm. he talks about to Ari about like he wor- he's working on a script and that they actually script out Ari's movie instead of how they did it with his mom so I do kind of wonder how much of it was a script with, with all that stuff because it doesn't seem like he was ever happy with his life, even though he says that, oh, yeah, I was never unhappy. Oh, it, right. It, it, that is, wouldn't that also be a perfect ending? If, in fact, because we know, unlike the mom's, like you said, unlike the mom's movie, Aries movie is a scripted movie. We, we script it, we practice it. They take multiple takes of it, even with the dad, the scene with the dad. They take multiple takes, right? Um, wouldn't it be so fitting if it's all a lie? He was never married. He never had a kid. Nobody that, died in a car accident. And he's just making it up because it makes for a better ending to yeah. his movie. That would be also a very fitting perfect ending to the story too wouldn't it yeah because and then i also like that like especially when leading up to the vampire scene too that he does again going back to fujimoto's artwork that he does the film grain stuff of like the shaky cam effect um and that he does that again so that way you know that the scene going into that building is all filmed and that's all like Mm -hmm. part of the film is not actually maybe real or not um so right but at the same time, you could be like, oh, yeah, he was going there to film just the, the building that he was originally in and that he was surprised to find Aerie. So mm-hmm. if you want to believe in the fantastical that Aerie is a vampire, too, there is still a possibility. That too. That. But again, it's not out of the context because 
you don't know what's scripted or not. And and that's right. the, the crazy thing too of um right. And one thing I one thing I I do wonder is also um if this was something that maybe was filmed by by him and that the older guy that we see and I'm I'm going back to see what his father's design was, but if the if who we believe to be Yuda is actually Yuda or his dad and that's oh. him and and, and Ari. Um uh-huh. so I'm, I'm just going back to going to see his his dad, because like his dad, when we see him, he's a little disheveled. Um, yes. But but when you, if you cleaned him up, maybe he would kind of right. look like that. Right. At the end too, right. so maybe this was an ending that they filmed. He and he, Ari and his dad filmed as well. Right. Um. And but they he decided not to go with that ending. Um. And because he didn't add the building exploding and all that stuff. But right. Um, so that that's one thing that I also was wondering about is that maybe this was like an ending that they filmed. Um. Because it does seem like that who we believe to be an older Yuda might be actually just his cleaned up dad. <laughs> so <laughs> I like and that. that. That's and that, that, that that's kind of explaining why Aerie was there too. Cause that was like something that they m- just filmed for fun because that was part sure, of the script. Yeah. Right. I mean, just that's going back to how it was scripting. Oh, that's, that's that, that would be equally satisfying. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. They're all the way that Fujimoto's constructed the story We've now mentioned what four different possible yeah. interpretations of the ending, and they are all legitimately equally plausible endings mm-hmm. to the story he's constructed, which is really yeah. a testament to what he's built. Yeah. So again, and again, it's just very interesting to see what, um, especially comparing to like maybe taking that feedback that he got from Look Back, where Look Back he kind of um, did a couple questionable things at the end um, yep, yep, in terms of yep. like um, the reason they separated and stuff like that i feel like this is a learning experience from him and maybe even calling himself out a little bit of his previous mm-hmm. uh look back of like maybe the ending wasn't as perfect as he wanted it to be yep. um or that or as perfect as it should have been received that he thought it should have been received so that's why he gave this up to up to interpretation ending for us um right. and so and I, I do like that that he's kind of doing it like i said inception style before that like it's up to the reader to is this the was this the ending? Was it something completely different that I, I'm just um, implying here? And I, I do like that. Of like sometimes you just trust the reader that they're going to enjoy this unexpected ending that is not really an ending, but it's just going to leave you talking about it. And that's again every day, majority of David Lynch movies. You don't know what the heck just happened by the time the movie ends, right? I mean, you're just like, why my mind was just blown what just happened and everyone's got like 80 different interpretations of what just happened it it doesn't matter it's up to you and that's why i like fujimoto is very much like lynch lynch isn't gonna he'll never tell you anything about his movies he won't if anyone ever asks him he's like well what did you think it was well then there you go he's not interested in telling you what what the story was or what the ending was he doesn't want to do that he wants you to do that and fujimoto has a very similar mindset he's not interested in telling you well what do you think it is well, okay, then that's the ending. And that's, that's, I like that artistic approach. Yeah. Not, a lot of, not a lot of people are that way, okay? But not a lot of artists want to do it that way where they want to leave it up to the viewer or the reader. But I, I, I appreciate that approach. Yeah, and I think sometimes you also have to have that approach. Like, it's good to have that type of ending sometimes because it, you leave uh, your, your reader, like, talking about it. So that way, when they go talk to other people that have read yeah. it, they're, they just talk, oh, yeah, this is what I believe right. and all that stuff. And that, that makes the ending even better because you have all these conversations yeah. that come out of it. 
Um, and that's why I kind of yep. sometimes you want that that hook ending of maybe wanting more or wanting to find out what what the real ending is and stuff like that. I think you sometimes do need that in stories. It's okay for stories to end that way um, because again, you mm-hmm. you want to have stuff to talk about with your friends and stuff like that. And I feel like even in this podcast, like while we were talking about how yeah. you have four or five or however many different interpretations you might have of the ending that maybe we didn't even talk about either. Um, right. And you'll find out that out when you yeah. talk to somebody else about it. It's, it. I think it's a very cool feeling to have as a reader. So, but hundred okay, percent cool. agree. It's, yeah. it's. And outside of that, is there anything else in, in terms of the manga that stood out to you or anything else? Outside of wanting Chainsaw Man 2? I just, overall, <laughs> it. Yeah, that's what I wanted Chainsaw Man 2, which please get it to us ASAP. Um, I just, I just want to compliment the art one more time. The art is fantastic. I just love Fujimoto's artwork. It is, it is not the slickest. It is not the most detailed. It's not what you would tra- call, you know, traditionally gorgeous artwork, right? I think that's fair to say, but it's so hauntingly beautiful and emotional i love it and it's not a style of art that i would normally go crazy for kevin that's the funny thing because i do like sleek detailed nice artwork right but this art just i just i can't get enough of it kevin it speaks to my soul in a way a lot of art just doesn't it connects to me on such on such a at a deep emotional level it's it's phenomenal and i also got to give uh fujimoto credit to what with just this and this um goodbye airy and also look back that he's also presenting his fan base that wouldn't normally read these like slice of life or these type of stories whatsoever because they're expecting chainsaw man yep. too and he's presenting yes. them with something that yes is maybe out of their comfort zone but saying hey you know what just trust me i'm you know how you, you enjoy my work Here's other type of work that I have that, right. and I, 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 that he's flexing his muscle and he's not just going back to, all right, I took my break from Chainsaw Man. I'm back at, with Chainsaw Man 2, and that's my next work. He's actually challenging himself and also challenging his own fans to be like, hey, let's step out of the box. Let's not just be comfortable with the same style of shonen, shonen manga that, that you're used to. Let's, let me do something different, and I'm glad that he's testing himself this way and also testing his own audience as well, saying, hey, this is something that you might actually enjoy, even though it's not the genre that you normally read or, or, or watch. I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin, because you are a fan of Slice of Life manga. We've talked about that before. You're a big fan of it. You know, and I'll admit, I've, oh, what do I like? I like sci-fi. I like superheroes. I like action and adventure. That's what I like. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm very, very open about it. And what's so cool about this is Fujimoto has got me now two different occasions, Kevin, with these two one-shot stories. He's got me to read slice of life stories that is something I normally wouldn't read. And I have adored both of them. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to like everything from the slice of life genre, because let's be honest, Fujimoto's slice of life is a lot different than other mangaka's slice of life stories too. But the fact that he's able to get me out of what I normally read and have me read stories from a completely different genre and just fall in love with them. That's awesome. I like being able to experience new things. Even if I'm not going to become a massive fan of the genre itself, I like to be able to experience things outside of what I normally read. It's very, it's very, uh, 
it's very enriching for the soul and your mind. So I do appreciate that. I'm glad you mentioned it because that that's that's a very cool thing. Yeah, and I think it also a good thing for even him as a creator too to like not be stuck in one genre forever because we know how long these mangas could go for. So yeah. you never know how long he's not stuck, but how long he's going to be in this in this world of right. this is all I'm working on and like I can't flex my muscles yeah. on other aspects maybe that I want to write this other yeah. other fan story. So I'm glad that he's taking this break from Chainsaw Man and doing other stuff so that way he's challenging himself as a creator to can I can I work in this genre or can I work in this type of storytelling um, for both by writing and artwork? And I'm glad that he's he's tested himself this way so that way he comes back even more refreshed going into Chainsaw Man two or whatever his next whatever his next work was because again we don't know when Chainsaw Man two is going to come out yet. Um, but again, it's just a cool thing at, like because I do love that you see that with comic books all the time too of like with writers and artists um, working on different projects um, and not always sticking to the superhero genre. And I'm kind of glad that we're, maybe Fujimoto is going to be the start of this trend of like more creators stepping out of their comfort zone after especially working on epic, like um, big shonen jump projects and making doing maybe more personal yeah. projects like this. Cause I feel like I haven't seen this before of like a, a popular yep. manga ar- artist moving on to doing this like almost passion project type, type thing um, and doing, and that that's completely Agreed. out of their, completely out of the norm for them. Um, so I'm glad maybe uh, I do actually kind of hope that this is a trend right, that right. we see with other yeah. manga creators um, doing that, doing that, maybe getting shown into actually allow them to do this type of stuff, too. It's It's been fun because, yeah, you're right. I can't really think of another instance of this happening before the, uh, this type of manga. I, I really can't think of one. Yeah. It's and it's it's fun. It's yeah. it's really it's really neat. Now, I, I don't want Fujimoto to only do this, Kevin. No. Give me my Chainsaw Man, too. Yeah. But. <laughs> I do like this essay as, as a break every now and then, yeah. for sure. A palate cleanser, as yeah. it may be. <laughs> yeah, and uh, again, like I said, it, it could also make it, make it so that he enters Chainsaw Man 2 or whatever his next big project is, like yeah. even more refreshed as a creator because he's re-energized. Whereas yes. like maybe he was, he felt that towards yep. the end of Chainsaw Man, maybe he's like, all right, I'm kind of done with it and I want to do something different. Now he's entering yeah. into like Chainsaw Man 2 of yeah. like, I did what I want to do. I did my passion projects. I got those things out of my head. So that way I could actually just focus in on whatever my next big thing, big story for Chainsaw Man 2 is. So, all right. Awesome. Is there anything else that, um, that uh, came, came to mind with, with reading this or anything? Nope. I just, I just want to say, go read it. If you've not yeah. read this yet, go read it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's on the Viz, Viz app, and you can find it on Viz Media, or you can find it on Shonen Jump Plus. So again, there's plenty of opportunity to read it out there for free. So you can read it for free, or when it comes out, and I'm yeah. sure whenever it comes collected as a as a single volume, you can read it that way as well. But again, highly oh. recommend reading this. Yeah. Um, all right, awesome. Well, thank yep. you again, Rock, for joining me on this episode of Manga Revolution Podcast, and we'll be sure to uh, podcast sooner and do another episode, maybe on Earth Child or one of the other mangas that we're reading. So. Again, you, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Amen. Bring it on.